Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. Can the libertarian vote swing elections? So asserts Cato's vice president, David Bowes, in a study he co-authored with the executive director of America's Future Foundation, David Kirby. In the libertarian vote, the authors find that 13% of the electorate is libertarian and that these voters are up for grabs in coming elections. David Bowes joins us for today's podcast. David, would you please tell me about your study? The study is really the first time anybody has taken modern polling data, and we use three different sets. We use data from the Gallup poll, from the Pew Research Center, and from the University of Michigan's American National Election Studies. And David Kirby, the co-author, got the data sets for all of these polls and ran new tabulations on them and found out how many American voters are basically libertarian. Not libertarian the way Cato Institute scholars are. These people haven't necessarily read Ayn Rand or Milton Friedman, but that they lean libertarian in a way that makes them different from liberals and conservatives. And what we found, and what I think surprises a lot of people, is that 13 or 14 or 15 percent of the electorate is libertarian in a way that's different from liberals and conservatives. And then what we found, and this surprised even me, was that libertarians have typically voted Republican in most races that we can identify. And we understand why that is, taxes, regulation, government spending. That's what libertarians tend to respond to. But in 2004, these libertarian voters shifted sharply toward John Kerry and Democratic candidates for Congress. And that, I think, indicates that right now they're a real swing vote. Now, you could say it also indicates that public opinion data isn't perfect. There are flaws in all polls, and maybe we're wrong. But that's what the data show us as of right now. So the interesting question is, will this continue in 2006? But libertarians part ways with Democrats and Republicans on an issue-by-issue basis, so it's a very balkanized group of voters. Do you think that it could be mobilized in such a way as to have a meaningful impact on elections? Well, that's an interesting question. One of the problems with mobilizing libertarians is that most libertarians don't know they are libertarians. So if you raise a banner that says libertarians over here, they don't know that they should follow it. If you were able to talk to people who think that they are socially liberal and fiscally conservative or people who think that they like the Republicans but they don't like that moral majority stuff, that kind of thing, but that's not much of a banner. So that's one of the problems is most libertarians are not even conscious that they are libertarians. They're not members of any libertarian organization, so there's no real rallying point. Still, candidates can mobilize them by offering libertarian issue platforms, and Republicans have typically done that by emphasizing issues of government spending, the size of government, and so on. What happened in 2004? Well, I would guess it was the war. It was the overspending of the Bush administration. It was the Patriot Act and government spying and things like that. And the question is, can the Republicans get these people back. I think it would be hard for the Democrats to get the entire libertarian vote. They're never going to have a good enough profile on taxes and spending. But if the Democrats can get half the libertarian vote, it's hard for Republicans to win an election. But does it make sense for the political parties to even court the libertarian vote? I mean, can you be certain that in courting libertarians, political parties don't stand to alienate more of their base voters than they stand to gain libertarian voters? 
you can never be certain about anything or politics would be easier. It's always a challenge. Whatever position you take, you're going to alienate somebody else. And that's why so many politicians try to talk in platitudes. I mean, right here in Maryland these days, we've got Michael Steele, the Republican candidate for the Senate, who wants to say, my views on abortion don't matter. My views on Donald Rumsfeld don't matter. Let's talk about the real issues. Well, what are the real issues, if not sort of the war in Iraq and abortion? Those seem like real issues. He wants to present an attractive face and an attractive media strategy and duck the issues. And lots of politicians do that because they don't want to turn anybody off. But one of the ways you attract voters is by giving them something to vote for. So it's always a trade-off. One of the things we do know is that a lot of voters on both left and right are pretty well locked in. They're going to vote for their party. We also apparently know that libertarians are not locked in, that they're a swing vote. So you have to do something to get them. And in particular, it's the Republicans. This should be part of their base vote, and they've lost it, it looks like, at least a big chunk of it. So it's the Republicans who really ought to be worrying about it. Democrats should be trying to appeal to libertarians, and they really haven't. Republicans are not trying to appeal to libertarians, and they're driving them away. There are things Republicans could talk about that wouldn't necessarily separate libertarians and social conservatives if they talk about taxes and school choice and government spending. Those things can unify the Republican base. But when you increase spending 50 percent in six years, it's pretty hard to then go out and say, help us protect the Treasury from the Democrats. It's understandable that libertarians are disenchanted with today's Republican Party, but is there much common ground to be found with Democrats? Well, that's a real issue. According to our study, John Kerry got twice as much of the libertarian vote as Al Gore did. Now, I think one reason for that is that Al Gore is like Grendel and Darth Vader and Lord Voldemort all rolled into one, and John Kerry, while he's not my cup of tea, is not quite that bad. But I think another reason is that the war and the overspending and the spying and so on changed the way libertarians look at it. But I don't think Kerry did almost anything to appeal to libertarians. He was a big taxer, a big spender. He voted for the war. He voted for the Patriot Act. So he wasn't really offering anything to libertarians except that he wasn't Bush. And that was enough that year. The question is, will it be enough this year? Would it be enough in 2008? Or will libertarian voters start saying, you know, the Democrats don't have anything to offer. I guess really I prefer Republicans if the Democrats don't have anything to offer. But one of the things the polls are showing right now is that the voters as a whole trust Democrats more than Republicans on holding down taxes and spending. That's just unbelievable that a Republican president could convince the voters that Democrats would protect the taxpayer better than a Republican. So the Republicans have a lot of makeup work to do. Which races might we watch for evidence of the libertarian vote? Well, there's a couple of interesting ones where actual Libertarian Party candidates might do something. The Libertarian candidate for governor of Georgia is getting 5 to 9% in the polls. That's not enough to win, but it's more than Libertarian third-party candidates usually get. So that's kind of interesting. There's also a race in Michigan where the Detroit News has endorsed the Libertarian saying they prefer him to the far-right Republican or the far-left Democrat. So that could be a straw in the wind. This is the biggest paper in the state. Kind of interesting. Among major party candidates, I think one interesting one is in Montana, where John Tester, the Democrat, is denouncing the Patriot Act in campaigning against Conrad Burns. 
he has this double-barreled approach to libertarians. When he was asked about gun control, he said, with things like the Patriot Act around, we'd better hold on to our guns. So that's a good libertarian answer. And if he wins in a Mountain West state, I think it'll be a sign that Republicans did not hold on to the libertarian vote out there. There are a couple of other races in the Mountain West where Republicans may have nominated congressional candidates who are too far right on social issues to fit the Goldwaterite, individualist, rugged, Western, conservative, Republican kind of voter. And so that'll be one way to look at it. And then I think another place that's interesting is the race between George Allen and Jim Webb in Virginia. Here you've got a guy, Webb, who worked for Ronald Reagan, but was a big critic of the war in Iraq. And so that is kind of a libertarian appeal. And then what I think is really interesting is that Webb is talking about how he worked for Reagan, and Allen is criticizing Webb for being against women's rights and women's advancement in the military. So they're both kind of making cross-cutting libertarian arguments. Webb is saying, I'm a Democrat, but I work for Ronald Reagan. Allen is saying, I'm a Republican, but I believe women should have all the rights that men do. So it'll be interesting. In a way, I think they are fighting over the libertarian center. The study mentioned in this podcast is available at www.cato.org. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.